Welcome traders. Today is Wednesday the 6th. I'm your host Nick G, contributor and futures day trader here at Wall Street IO and this is the breakout show. This is the uh get the op-ed show for the Wall Street IO community and website giving you a hot take on the world of trading from the water cooler talks that we have behind the scenes. Uh, it's been pretty quiet actually around the water cooler lately as Aaron, our lead engineer and uh, you know my, my sparring partner on, um, on the show here uh, is, is having, uh, having some well-deserved time off uh, and he'll be back for next week's um, next week's round of breakout show. But uh, let's do this. If you are in the chat room, go ahead and chime in. Let me know where you're chatting from. Uh, let me know what uh, what gasoline is like in your neck of the woods. Uh, out here in California, I mean, it is easily right there, right there, um, uh, hovering around $5, $5 a, a gallon in some places. Uh, I, I think I saw actually $4.07 near the pump. Um, where I live, but uh, gosh, the uh, taxes out here on that are ridiculous. Uh, I'm I'm only um, happy that uh, that I live in a very small town, and I don't really have to worry about any of the um, uh, you know those crazy commutes that uh, that others have to worry about. I used to live in Dallas, uh, Dallas, like many massive uh, suburban sprawls, you know. Um, it, a one-hour commute in the mornings, not even a thing. That's just what people do, right? Just stuck in traffic, uh, very much like Los Angeles, uh, like Austin, like Chicago, like Atlanta, like every big city out there, right? I can just imagine uh, what a grind it is if you were in one of those cities and you have that uh, insult to injury of high gas prices, right? Uh, and if you happen to know, because I don't really follow commodities that closely, if you happen to know in the chat room what's going on with this, let me know. Is this like an OPEC thing? Is this like a, a European thing? You know, Atlanta, Atlanta uh, is in that three dollar to three sixty five range, according to uh, T Nichols. Uh, Idaho three fifty. Okay, so we're definitely up in that three dollar range. You know, people start to get pretty unhappy. <laughs> Pretty unhappy with things. Uh, whenever that uh, gas starts starts getting closer and closer to four dollars, uh, OTC says uh, Fort Worth two dollars and ninety cents. So spoiled out there, OTC. Uh, I will say that the gas prices in um, in Texas are are actually pretty darn good. Um, the only other places I can think of that uh, might be even better uh, when I was a kid in Nebraska. So I grew up a little bit in Nebraska uh, near the old uh, strategic strategic air command. I thought it was always cool. I'd see those SR-71 blackbirds flying through the sky as a kid. You know, um, yeah, military near the military base and everything. Our gas was uh, was nice and cheap <laughs> out there, right? So that was definitely one of the good things. But uh, yeah, out on the West Coast, horrible. Um, Atlanta, kind of in in between, you know, in between cheap and expensive, and um, and yeah, I just uh, uh, I'm not not happy about it. Um, I'm thinking myself, I should I should get a motorcycle. <laughs> Actually, I'm just using this as an excuse. High gas prices is to fuel my uh, my already. Um, fuel my interest in already uh, purchasing a, uh, a motorcycle. So 
Aaron, of course, not here. And usually what I do is I just default to the easy thing. You know, the easy thing for me is just technical analysis. So I've been banging this like drum over the last week about like, oh, hey, you know, I think SPY is pretty much close to a, a, a temporary bottom for now. Um, even though I'm hoping that uh, that SPY gets a little bit of recovery into the middle of the month, maybe makes everyone feel like, hey, the worst is behind us. And yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but I'm sure we'll just go right back to all time highs. And then boom, just like wipe out all those hopeful bulls again and print new lows. Uh, and that's that's what I think is going to happen. Um, you know, anything can happen. I'm just another another guy out there with an opinion. So I'll put this up there. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, Type in the chat room. Let's let's community source this, right? Are there any trades that you are watching out for in the chat room? Uh, one of the things that came up uh, yesterday um, was uh, was talking about various stocks and Goldman Sachs. So I always remember this. Goldman Sachs does really well around this time of year. Um, in fact, I'm loading up a volatility, sorry, a seasonality chart going back for the last ten years. Uh, for just you know buy and hold nothing special on goldman sachs right just just buy and hold uh 10 years and looking at seasonality um let me describe this to you uh in seasonality basically goldman sachs has three three like very bullish uh months over the last 10 years and october is the most the the granddaddy so it's averaging uh over four percent um um increase over the over the month and i can kind of look and see that uh indeed there's only one month in the last 10 years in 2020 where there was a negative month of six percent down but otherwise we're looking at 12 percent seven percent one ten two so it's kind of all over the map but generally just positive in october for goldman sachs so i always uh, keep that in mind and then uh for november coming up here um the one i, I learned about earlier this year was was, was cvs which, uh, if I can describe this to you, just just imagine, um, just imagine a, a a bar chart where there's some hedges, like hedges in a garden, and then all of a sudden there's just just this massive tree coming out of the ground. That is November. It dwarfs all the performance of all other months, even the red months, right? In terms of uh, uh, in terms of of positivity or even range um, of change, boom. CVS in November, so I'm going to be looking at uh, at possibly finding a nice entry point on CVS if there's a decent pullback toward the end of uh, of October here, and then you know the other the other one that I'm uh, I'm looking for is I'm hoping that there's still some headline risk to Facebook, right? Uh, everyone loves to hate on Facebook. Personally, I think that if your company has over two trillion users, that that is worth billions, hundreds of billions of dollars anyway, just the fact that you have that many users. So to me, Facebook is still undervalued. Um, I think uh, it's right near its 200 day, so close to its 200 day. So I'm hoping that, I don't know, maybe some news comes out tomorrow. Uh, maybe it, it, it manages to get Facebook uh, cracking its 200 day. And at that point, I'm really just personally interested in, uh, in a very quick, long into the week after that, or in the week or a couple weeks after that, again, disclaimers up here, don't do these trades. I'm talking about these trades. Don't do these trades because I'm talking about them. I'm just some guy uh, on a show talking about uh, the stocks, stock market and stuff like that. Um, I'm not a trade advisor of any kind. So, so don't get your ideas from me. Uh, do your own research on that. Um, let me hop over again to the chat room, see what's going on. See what's going on there. Uh, long 
SQQQ puts, okay? Very cool, uh, T Trader saying that uh, that's something that they're looking at. Uh, Sylvana B, hey, it's been a while. I haven't seen Sylvana B for a while. Uh, and Aiken, um, wow, uh, Sylvana only has to uh, only has to have that hit to the pocketbook of two dollars and seventy four cents a gallon. I'm so jealous of that. That is awesome. Missouri, uh, likewise, kind of right in there. Anything under three dollars, and you you have my envy, <laughs> right? So there's still some some places in Atlanta. Scott saying in Florida, right at three dollars. Uh, yeah, right on that pain, that kind of like pain point, you know. Um, let's see. A firm looks like an interesting speculation trade. Uh, OTC, okay, awesome. Uh, I think that's a finance company. Uh, those are really popular lately. Those little uh, pay pay in four, I believe, is the uh, advertisement for those for those like uh, payment breakup services. Um, FB looking for a prime uh, prime for a bounce, and I'm not a fan. Yeah, I I mean. You know, I have no love lost <laughs> on on Facebook or Mark Zuckerberg, the uh, the the robot that runs that company, right? Um, I'm just a technical trader, technical trader looking for uh, a quick buck, right? <laughs> so if I load up a chart of Facebook and look at a candle chart on the daily. Here we go. Uh, looks like 315, 316 is a 200 day. We're so close to it. So I just hope it gets down there. <clears throat> I have something, uh, something uh, I need to get a little drink of water here. Uh, maybe got too excited about the stock market. <laughs> Right, but a little bounce here, uh, and then I don't know regression up into these uh, uh, regression things like twenty-one moving average, the fifty, <clears throat> you know, uh, a couple of ATR, what have you, uh, would give us uh, about a return up into this three fifty. Three fifty is a nice round area, right? Three fifteen to three fifty, I, I think that's pretty good, you know. And I, I, I would be, uh, I, I think that I, I think that I would expect that to happen. Uh, literally in a matter of days after uh, after testing that uh, that 200, that'd be a very very quick trade. And so I'm just keeping keeping my eyes peeled for that one, right? Uh, Sanjay is saying, take a look at LEN. Been in a channel channel since around Feb. Let's take a look at uh, that. Let me look at. Hold on, uh, AFR Erm uh, firm was one that came up, and is that finance? uh information technology services okay well it looks like that's the uh, payment company 30 billion dollar uh, marking cap good for them nice large cap there and boom looks like looks like they are uh taking off to the moon today going from 111 to 120 111 to like 130 essentially at one point so i wonder if there was like earnings no nope, earnings was a while back so heck i guess somebody just really likes a firm uh, I can see that uh, anytime it's come down to this 109 area, uh, that within three or four days it has a, it has a nice uh, you know um, say fifteen dollar ten dollar move. Uh, so maybe because I don't really follow these things, uh, this this particular stock, uh, but maybe that's what OTC was looking at, and sure enough, boom, right back up to the top of the range. 
boom, we are in it, right? We are in that. Uh, L-E-N, ticking L-E-N. Hopefully this makes sense if you're listening. Uh, I always try to keep in mind that uh, there might be some people listening to the podcast, um, which is something that I'll, I'll bring up here in just a little bit. Uh, podcast is a pretty new feature, but uh, the Breakout Show is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It's even on Google. It's even on Google's podcast. I don't know if anyone uses Google Podcast. Uh, I use Spotify myself, even though uh, I use an Apple phone. I'm just not, you know, eh, it's not too into uh, Apple Music. Um, but uh, Apple Podcasts uh, is a pretty neat app, pretty nifty. Um, L-E-N here is Lenar. So we're looking at... Uh, it says consumer cyclical residential construction, of course. Uh, I think Lamar, Lenar or KB Homes also did a deal, uh, maybe a couple deals over this year with uh, with BlackRock, uh, where BlackRock basically just said, hey, build us these houses and we own them. <laughs> right. So uh, not even getting into the, the bidding war that might happen, uh, just straight up financing the, uh, the building of, of houses. Uh, and of course, uh, BlackRock is not interested in selling any of those houses. They are interested interested in becoming landlords. So that's what they're doing. Um, Lennar, going back all the way to uh, June, there was a dip. So in May, early May, it looked like uh, Lennar had a peak around 10, say 110. Let's just do round numbers. And it it uh, subsequently spent about a uh, uh, six weeks in. Um, in just drifting down all the way from 110 down to 90, right? So nice $20 move down there over uh, over about six weeks, climbed its way all the way back to 110, and then uh, right at the beginning of September started another move, another move down, and now here we are in uh, in October. Uh, last time around, it did kind of base. It looks like it based for roughly a week uh, around this 90 area before finally uh, finally moving higher. Uh, I wonder if that was after OPEX in, um, in June. Let me take a quick look at a calendar. Let's see. Calendar. I just want to see a picture of a calendar. Calendar 2021. Hey, here we go. <laughs> uh, calendar. Yeah. Okay. So here's a calendar that I brought up and I just want to see if uh, June when when was opex in june opex in june was right at the 18th so pretty close i guess pretty close to it i mean it was mid-month regardless it looks like it was 17th it started moving up 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 uh maybe that was after that was after at least the um the vix rollover date vix rollover date this time around is a little bit later but uh it would be interesting to see if this is just gonna charge higher or if it's just gonna hang out here and wait wait for that uh mid-month for a while and then boom start uh, start making its ascent uh, looks like there is a halfway point that it, uh, that it can regress to pretty naturally right at 100 so um, that's my take my take on len uh, i'm sure sanjay probably has looked at this chart uh, plenty on his own and i uh, would not be surprised if uh, if he has some similar thinking on that where maybe uh, the regression point could be that within, um, you know, just to, to be safe, say, say it could get back to 100 within the next uh, four weeks, right? Give it, I would, I would um, be willing to give it uh, some time in, in my head. Of course, uh, SPY, hey, SPY is the big one, right? SPY is, uh, SPY is a big one. Uh, 
there are a lot of things that are kind of weighing on SPY, and I'd be interested to know what you think of them. Uh, primarily, I think the one that the news is is uh, really having fun with, mm, maybe not the news, but uh, traders are having fun with, are is the ever-present um, uh, inflation. You know, the inflation. Uh, I think of it as an uh, it. I think of it as an inflation scare. Meh. You know, I guess it depends on how you think of things. Uh, the news, I think, wants to blame everything on um, the debt ceiling. And I think that's uh, maybe a positive sign insofar as the news is just really boring this year. <laughs> so if the debt ceiling is the biggest uh, thing for the news to focus on, eh, you know, I'm going to take that optimistic stance and say that's, uh, that's not too bad. Not too bad. It could be a lot worse, right? Um, so I'm going to take a look at SPY here and, uh, SPY, uh, a while back this, earlier this week, I posted something on the main wall and, uh, talked about, uh, let's see, let's see here. Talked about how many hike and ashy days, how many hike and ashy days, um, until there's been a, a decent bounce statistically in SPY over the last few years, right? I think it was this one. Yeah. So it's this uh, two days ago. And uh, the number, the magic number was six Saikanashi bars. Uh, I had eyeballed it uh, earlier in that day and it came to about seven or eight days from a peak. Right. Uh, and, and yeah, I think that's, that's what's going on. I think we had a peak right around here. Uh, and if I do a little seven day, seven day, eight day account, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So that would be uh, right back here on SPY, uh, seven eight, I guess, right? And then uh, there was some sort of some sort of move. That this doesn't mean like oh, you know, the the stock market uh, charged higher and higher and higher and higher and just kept on going. Uh, but there was some significant uh, bounce uh, when when I ran that that said, hey, if I were to get in uh, long on that and then get out. Um, uh, uh, get out on the first green Heikinashi that it would be profitable. So to me, that's, that's at least enough to define, like, let's think of a, a the, the corner of a reversal, <laughs> right? The V of a reversal. So it'd be a rather, uh, aggressive thing. Of course, today, look at what's, look at what's going on with, uh, spy. Uh, you know, yesterday we finally had a higher high on the daily, yeah, if, we, if I look back over this chart, going back all the way to 923, so 923 on SPY, uh, you know, it's coming up off of a bounce. There was this big gap down lower uh, on a Monday of 920, the week of nine, starting Monday 920, and then all the way right up there by by Thursday, boom, it had closed the gap and then some, and uh, it even had a high around 444 on SPY, and then it just kind of consolidated there for a couple of days, a couple of inside days, and then boom, uh, the 28th happened, right? So that was a Tuesday of the next week, 28 happened. Uh, it kind of gap opened lower and then went all the way back down to 433. So we're coming from 444 all the way down to 433. And it's just kind of been mildly bearish on the SPY. I'm sure the queues probably look a lot worse because of the, uh, uh, action in the bond market, the fixed rates, um, and how growth stocks uh, typically react to that a lot more. Um, but yeah, here we are. Here we are. That day that had a big 
big day down on a Tuesday, ended around 4.33. And we've I, I feel like the market has just been flirting with that 4.33 for a while now. And, um, you know, in my, in my view, I would not be surprised if the market finally starts, uh, starts breaking out, uh, in a sense, higher into next week. And, uh, you know, coming up to that uh, maybe 440 area uh, is my guess. And, you know, if it, if it really wanted to confuse um, traders, it would get all the way up to 445, right? Because can you imagine? If you can imagine uh, 444 was the most recent high that it, that it failed from. And if it just manages to crack that, and get up to 445 i can imagine a ton of traders out there would just be saying to themselves it's over clear skies ahead you know bullish forever you know and that's you know in my head that's that's actually a pretty decent spot for uh resuming a volatile move down but um yeah that's a pretty that's a pretty uh uh long-winded uh forecast and you know the longer you know the longer for the forecast is the more likely i am to be wrong so who knows? Uh, either way, though, I think I think 440 is uh, is maybe in the cards here over the next week. That's just my guess. Um, what do you think about that in the chat room? Does that seem kind of like eh, I don't know? This guy, this guy is pretty full of it. <laughs> it's like this thing is uh, you know, the whole market's a sham, and uh, and who knows? You know, one of, one of the things that gets me is um, uh, I read this thing. So I was I was on my phone uh, earlier this morning, you know, having my coffee having my coffee, <laughs> looking at uh, looking at markets, and then, you know, tapping through the news. And I, I came across this one thing where it was like, uh, it was it was about this guy from Alliance, Alliance Global, which I only recognize the name as those those people who when you buy a plane ticket, they're like, hey, we'll insure your plane, your plane ticket. And of course, it, it's not the insurance you actually think, the trip insurance. Um, <laughs> You know, um, and this guy was like, hey, we're going to have the worst crash since the global financial crisis. Actually, no, I think he said since the globe, since the Great Depression. He was like, we're going to have the, the worst crash since the Great Depression. Right. Uh, and so that's I don't know about you. I don't think that we're about that we're in for the worst crash since the Great Depression. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe uh, maybe you see something out there that I don't see. I am all ears. I'm all ears or eyes, I guess, looking at this chat room. If you know, if you know what it is exactly, uh, is going to cause the downfall of uh, of the entire financial markets of the world, let me know. It, it's uh, we've we've covered it last week. It's not China. China doesn't have the things. Things are not hinged on China, right? It's not the keystone that's keeping things propped up. If anything. Things are propped up on the U.S. as they always have been for the last, I don't know, 50, 60 years or something like that. So if the U.S. crumbles, everyone's coming along with us, <laughs> you know, and I don't see I don't see it. I don't see where where that's going to come about. So, um, yeah, I could be wrong. Who knows? Uh, let me see this news. So and this is before the bounce on the market this morning. It's one of the reasons I, I think news is just uh, financial news. Majority of it is just um a bunch of BS, <laughs> to put it, put it mildly. Uh, and I don't see it, darn. You know, um, it may have been taken down, or actually, it's beyond. It's beyond the news feed now, because because uh, that was a few hours ago, and now everything's about Mitch McConnell and politics. Which, ugh, <laughs> I hate politics. Not even. I don't even want to go there. I just don't care. <laughs> so, you know, politi here, here's politics. Here's Nick's take on politics. Ready? 
they're all liars. <laughs> they're all liars. Uh, every single one of them wants to make everyone into uh, an angry, um, fearful mess so they can take advantage of us, right? <laughs> that's my that's my point of view on it, and it's it's in the uh, that's for both parties. So before you think I'm one one party or the other, both parties are exactly the same thing. I think they both learned that if you can piss enough people off or make them angry or scared, that you can manipulate them into into agreeing to anything, <laughs> right? So so uh, I just yeah I have an equal hate of all politics. I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I mean, hey, I have friends from, you know, with all sorts of political uh, things. And as much as one side, uh, actually, I'm not going to say one side, as much as both sides point fingers at the other and say they're they're the ultimate evil. I don't think that at all. The people I, I've met with uh, different political views, they're all great people. So I just think generally people are, are good people, you know, so it doesn't it doesn't match up. You know, the the horror stories about about people who think one thing or the other. I, I don't see it, you know, I don't see it at all. So eh, I'm going to just trust, trust my experience more than the, uh, more than the news outlets. We'll just leave it at that. Let's see. Um, MC esque. I see a percentage. I think I'm going to like this considering 35% of the U S monetary supply was printed in the last 12 months. I would consider this the melt up yeah there you go and you know some people call that uh that 35 percent manipulation uh corruption uh i always have that that i you know i keep joking about how i want a t-shirt for this uh, maybe i could get a t-shirt maybe there's enough demand in the market um for it then maybe we'll put it on the the website right but i, I like the uh, saying that I, that I came up with i am long corruption Right. So as long as there's corruption in the SEC and the markets and political corruption and all this stuff, you know, technically, I, I would argue that that's a positive correlation for market movement. Right. So I'm long uh, corruption. Yeah. Um, as far as a position, uh, a monetary position, I think it's profitable. I mean, for bulls anyway. Uh, Nick, market is down just 6% from the high. Yeah, no, I, I wish it would just, I wish it would get down even lower. <laughs> Folks were expecting 5 to 10% corrections. Others were saying 20%. So agree that we're going to have uh, a relief rally. Uh, but 6%, uh, isn't 6% enough, personal view? Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it could be, Sanjay. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of uh, just a few years ago, um, heading back in the SPY. So uh, I am now looking at the SPY for those in the podcast, uh, the spy right after um, uh, the flip flop, the or I should say, should say one of the many flip flops of the Fed <laughs> back in uh, Christmas of 2018. Remember December 2018? Everyone's like, I can't believe it. December is negative. That's only happened like twice in 50 years, and just like you know, people are just just going nuts nuts over this. Right? Uh, broke the internet, as the kids say. <laughs> these days right uh and then Powell comes out and flip-flops and says okay yeah you know i'm not gonna 
I think I'm I'm open to uh, not raising interest rates and uh, engaging again in the taper process, and then boom, <laughs> the market that just takes right back off. Uh, at, at that point, the 200-day. So to get paint a picture, the 200-day average on SPY was around 275, and in December, I mean, literally the day before Christmas, red day, and it is uh, on a Monday. And it's all the way down here at 235. So it's 40 points away from the from a from a 200-day moving average. At that point, it's just flat. It is just almost a flat line. And then Christmas Day opens up, and I, you know, Christmas Day. Uh, I don't know if they made the announcement, but Christmas is off. Day after Christmas, boom! Massive green candle. <laughs> massive green candle. That is the bounce. Uh, I guess Powell came out and said, "Hey, you know, everything's going to be great." Um, uh, or maybe maybe it just was a, a Santa Claus rally or something like that. But that was it. That was the bottom. Um, that was the bottom. I could be wrong on that. Uh, part of me, part of my memory, my rusty memory, as I get older and older, uh, seems to remember that it was actually uh, early January when Powell confirmed that yes, he was gonna uh, he was going to back off of tapering and and raising interest rates. And then of course the market was like, hey, free money, and you know just just ground, ground, ground itself higher and higher and higher. Um, you know, looking back on that, that year. So that was the beginning of 2019. And then, then we we run into uh, volatility season. So volatility season, for those who don't know, uh, has historically always been August, September, October. It's actually a huge misnomer, the whole sell and man go away. That has not been true since pre-world war ii <laughs> right i think it i think that was true all the way into like the the 1870s <laughs> you know 1870s and, and all that stuff and then from the 1870s all the way to the, like world war ii sell in may was probably a good a good thing but but after world war ii um almost every year around august to october is when um you know your your channels would break your your moving averages would break in a real way and you'd see some some volatility right that sort of thing so here we are uh right at the beginning of august um back here in spy 2019 and then boom uh you know the market had been above the 200 day for most of the year at that point uh because of you know um free money free money's around again and then boom there's a move down there's just like precipitous very quick move down uh, from I would I would put it at right right at July 31st, kind of kicked it off, and then all the way down very very quickly uh, into August 5th, right. So this is a one two three four day stretch, a four day stretch. It, uh, the market uh, goes from 300 all the way down to a, a selling tail or buying tail of 281. So a nice 20 point move in in uh, just four days. And there's the 200. The 200 is just, just right there. It's just staring at the at the um, at the price action where the market gets up, gets down to 281, and the 200 is sitting there at 278. So we're we're talking just three points, three points. It doesn't get down there, right? It retested a couple days later, uh, right around 282. You know, and again, 200 days down there, just waiting for it, right? doesn't happen and then you fast forward uh, a little over a week tries it again it just cannot get down to it so <laughs> and I'd say another week after that can't get down to it and then like a month later 
just shy of the 200 day, almost down there, just can't get to it, right? So I remember this with a lot of frustration because I had these uh, automated orders set to go off if, uh, if <laughs> Spy would have just touched that 200 day. Um, what I found that happened was uh, in the overnight markets, if you look at ES, which is the futures market for uh, SPX, for SPY, um, for, S for S&P 500, it did. It, it hit the 200 day. I think it hit it twice and it was like in a beautiful bounce from that point uh, on. Um, I even think that back here in eight. So the first, you know, huge volatile move down in four days. Uh, 2019, right, right at the beginning of, uh, of August, um, in the overnight, August 5th, uh, I remember, I think if I were to load up an ES chart, I would see that um, after that, that day, the regular trading hours closed, the cash session, the extended hours in the futures market started, and in the extended hours, it very cleanly, in a straight line, just went, you know, just down, down over a few hours, um, and just right to the 200-day in a bounce in the futures market. And that was the time, uh, you know, the moral of this story is like, that was the time where I finally said to myself, what happens in the extended market officially matters to the cash open. Because for a long time, I'd be thinking to myself like, hey, if it happens in the futures market, then it's not officially true. Like it has to be repeated in the in the cash session, the day session, that day session to be officially official, right? Um, and, this whole time, this two months, two month period where it just could not get to the 200 day in the cash, uh, you know, day in the day session kind of convinced me otherwise. But nope, it's good enough if it happens in the overnight. Yeah. So here we are. I don't know. I think we're well off of it. Right. So, you know, you go back to uh, September, October of last year, you know, we were well off um, for spy away from that 200 day. And then here we are again. And it's like, it feels like it's within spitting distance. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm doing a lot of talking here, so I should probably talk, probably check in with uh, with our uh, our chat room or something like that. I, I I just have this inkling that what's gonna happen is is the potential for a week, a week finish to October, and then an initial week weakness in the first uh, week of, of uh, November before finally, you know, just, just getting to this, um, recovery spot of just consolidation, you know, um, and I have no idea what happens after November. November and December is always really difficult for me to think of like, oh, what are the scenarios that are going to happen long term? You know, uh, let's check in there. Uh, what do you see on the Microsoft chart? Hey, let's check it out. OTC wondering about Microsoft uh, RK uh, Windorf. I'm just going to say RK. Uh, checking in here from Garden Grove, California. Awesome, glad to have you here. More uh, more West Coast representation in the uh, in the chat room. We have a lot of East Coast, uh, a lot of Texas actually. It makes sense because Texas is uh, so so populated, has a, a large population. Uh, Microsoft, yeah, Microsoft is uh, uh, has been um, I think really resistant. You know, in, in terms of in terms of QQQ, so you know, I'm looking at Microsoft here. It has just been uh, strong. It has just you know, if you're if you're loading up a chart of it, um, you know, even before the COVID dip, uh, I feel like Microsoft has just been in this in this um, uh, rise, this this larger trend, and it's just been largely unbroken for 
uh, for a few years now. I mean, you have to go all the way back, way, way, way back. When, 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 when? Um, I mean, I'm back in 2012, and it's just starting its March, higher and higher and higher, higher and higher. Like, it just keeps charging higher, you know. Um, and even this last dip went from 305 to 280, to 280. Let's say it's 25. Uh, let's 25 point uh, move on a um, 300. Um, $300 stock. So gosh, that's, uh, gosh, what? 8%, 7%, you know, and it sounds like a lot, especially since spy is off by only 6%, but Q's, Q's, uh, was definitely off, um, off by quite a bit. Uh, Q's, uh, going from 380 down to 350. So that's 30, um, also off, I guess, 8%. So it's tracking along with the Q's. Um, to the downside, but uh, it has, um, I feel like it, like, like Microsoft has, has, uh, has definitely kept up with and um, maybe even outperformed the queues over time. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, uh, it is just solidly uh, bullish over time. So I, I wouldn't uh, be surprised if, uh, if Microsoft recovers with some, um, along with the rest of growth and uh, it maintains its, uh, it's slow grind higher um, until, you know, I, I always ask myself like, okay, well, what, what would I need to see in Microsoft? Like, what would I need to see in a stock uh, that I'm wrong? Because, because to me, um, you know, it doesn't, if, if there's no way for me to be wrong, then uh, I'm not being reasonable. So <laughs> I'm looking at, at Microsoft now and I was like, okay, well, what would I need for it to, to, to really, you know, really, really um, deviate from things and just say, oh, the Microsoft rally is over, and you know it's not going to happen anymore. Um, hmm. Let's see, where, where, where would I need it to break? I mean, it's so clean off of this rise from 240. Um, I would really need it to close. I would just say this: if it closed a week under 240, then I think I think I'd be, yeah, I'd be willing to entertain. Uh, the fact that it's over, right? Um, and it's it's so far away too that 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 num that uh, low. But that was the last significant low on this move, this big move higher, right? Um, so it, it has a long way to go on that. And if it can make uh, a significant low here and then charge higher and then make a lower low and close lower on that weekly, maybe that's an easier sequence, I guess, for Microsoft to confirm a potential down you know, down move or consolidation, um, status. But for now, yeah, it has a lot of wiggle room to just consolidate, um, for, for a while. Right. Uh, I think that the trickier thing for Microsoft traders is if it did one of these things. So you flash back to, uh, September, 2020, and it starts this, like kind of just this range trading sideways action all the way until the next year. Right. So, I mean, there's the possibility of that too, where it's just boom, just going, going sideways into the next year. What kind of, uh, vol uh, what kind of seasonality do we got on, on Microsoft? Boom, boom, boom. Seasonality, 10 year seasonality. Yeah. It looks like it's, uh, it's a big fan of, uh, January to April, you know, uh, and then maybe a little bit more subdued, still positive because it's just been so positive over the last, um, 10 years, almost 10 years. Um, 
you know, October, November, December, it seems like it's, it has these positive months, but uh, that that could just be um, regressive action after a bearish September. looks like September has been pretty consistently bearish for Microsoft. Yeah. And then this could just be, um, you know, some, some regression. I, I view all this, uh, all this green as potentially just being regression. Uh, and then you do have, uh, uh, on this chart of seasonality, you do have uh, a nice spike in January and then a nice, uh, it kind of resets and grows to its biggest spike in April, historically over the last 10 years, as far as gaining goes. So very interesting, very interesting there. What we are uh, coming up on 15 minutes here. The um, I was trying to think if there's anything else um, interesting in the markets lately. I mean, there's there's uh, of course, of course, there's there's all this you know talk around um, yields. Uh, TLT. Take a look at TLT real quick at its chart, and uh, TLT is kind of just in a holding pattern for now, right? Uh, holding pattern consolidation. I mean, if I, I mean, technically this is a continuation form until it actually, you know, until it actually gets right back up in here and closes back in this, uh, uh, this upper distribution. Uh, TLT is down here at 143. It looks like there's this chop area that exists right above it, right around 145 to let's just say 151, you know, and then uh, TLT has just been consolidating just below that zone that's uh from a technical analysis uh standpoint um you know my opinion is that that's that uh that hints at lower lows so that does not help the transitory inflation uh argument um the tn tnx uh is not on the site yet <laughs> yet i do have some uh some news that uh, i know in the back of my head i can't i can't share it though until micah says something um <laughs> but but yeah Let's just say uh, that we could be seeing some new symbols on the chart uh, on on Wall Street IO coming up in the next uh, in the next few months here, um, and possibly I might be able to test it uh, earlier than that. It's kind of one of those perks being behind the scenes, right? Uh, yeah, and then looking at TNX, TNX has also been pretty flat today, um, but TNX the the ten year Treasury index. Um, uh, once it broke through 14, uh, you know, this is this is kind of uh, following the yield. So 14 is equal to the, uh, I believe, the, the uh, is it 1.4 or 0.14 yields? I think it's 1.4% uh, yields on the 10. Uh, and it got through that. And now, now it's just hanging out around um, uh, 1.45 to 1.55, right? Uh, so just... Just hanging around there, maybe. Uh, um, I'm not sure if you'd call that uh, ten handles or not. I guess because uh, I think it goes in tenths, tenths of a percent or something like that. Um, yeah, just hanging out in this range. So similar, similar there. Uh, it's it's almost as if just technically, the market uh, is is saying like, oh, we're expecting um, inflation numbers to tick up pretty soon. They, were, they weren't that bad last month, uh, CPI and all that. Um, they actually uh, appeared to be rolling over. Um, of course, inflation currently is uh, is just all, it's all structural based. And it's not structural based around the, um, uh, around people having money, right? Because velocity of money, as far as I can tell, has not 
increased much um, compared to you know the, the last few years. It's a, it's a supply constraint. There's no supply of anything, especially electronics. <laughs> so, so um, you know, unless you're Apple and you are big enough to buy up uh, a TSMC's entire fabrication of three nanometer for for like half a year coming up, which they did, I think, um, and uh, a solid chunk of their five nanometer um, processes and fab fabrication. Um, yeah, everyone else is just suffering though, right? So uh, Intel has their own fab. Uh, fabrication plants. Um, uh, the people who make those chips for cars, you know, uh, everyone's kind of out of luck. And then, of course, our uh, inflation numbers are tied to the used cars lately, used cars and and uh, uh, and dealership cars. So uh, the fact that that those cars aren't getting manufactured is creating uh, more pressure on the inflation numbers, right? So. Um, who knows? Who knows how long that's going to take <laughs> take to resolve? Yeah, and I'm probably going to wrap up here. So if you have any more questions, uh, definitely put them in the chat. There is about a 20 to 25 second delay on that. So if uh, uh, I'll give you some time, um, if you have any in there to uh, to throw in throw in some stuff. I don't know, maybe a stock request or something like that. Um, overall. Um, I've, I've kind of been beating the same drum on, uh, on SPY uh, that I just think it's going to get back up into this 440, 445 area uh, mid-October. mid, mid -October. I've kind of had that, um, uh, that view now for, for, uh, for um, some weeks. And, uh, and, you know, there's this big thing uh, that I posted up last, last week around the... It's this idea of the secular bull it's a demographic secular bull right which is another idea that i stole from someone someone else and i just want to, want to find the chart oh here we go so here's the nope it's like a logarithmic chart where did it go where did it go oh okay here we go nope i guess i posted it up a while back huh I forget how many videos, <laughs> how many videos I, I do a month ago. Hmm. Okay. Well, shoot. Yeah. I don't know where it went. That's strange. I had a, uh, a picture up here. It was like a, a demographic chart, um, and uh, it just showed that uh, basically it made a case for uh, stock market being up uh, in, in kind of an up cycle for uh, all the way until like 2034 or 2030, you know, around that area, 2034, 2035, something like that. Um, you can still have 20% pullbacks, uh, but in that in that scenario, the 20% pullbacks are just these awesome buying opportunities. <laughs> you know, um, all the way up into that, uh, into that time, time frame. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm kind of just running on that. I'm kind of running on that. I think, uh, for the next few years, 20%, maybe 30% if we're lucky, uh, as far as a pullback is a viable pullback. And then around 20, the, the way it would work is around 2034, 
uh, around 2034, that would be the time where it's just safer to be in cash because uh, at that time, there's the potential uh, where you know you do finally get a 40% or 50%, 60% pullback uh, possible in the markets. Um, but you know, until then, um, they're, they're just kind of by the dip, you know? So I think it's a great, uh, great opportunity for longer term wealth creation for sure. And I wish I could find this picture. That's what I'm actually trying to do is like, where, where is this picture? I know it's somewhere around here. I know I had it somewhere. Nope. Yeah, it's just not, yeah, it's just not showing up. Let me see. It's possible that I have it in a folder and I never uploaded it to the site. Yeah, that's what happened. There we go. So I never uploaded it to the site. My bad. So I'll just I'll end on this note because it's kind of interesting. Um, so there's there's a book called The Fourth Turning by Neil Howe. Highly recommend reading it. Again, that's the the fourth turning. Um, so add it to your your Amazon uh, list if you if you're uh, wanting to know an interesting kind of take on um, some some longer term views of the market. Um, but this is uh, this is kind of showing what's what's going on uh, with these these ideas of these generational uh, secular bull markets, uh, and they have to do with um, the fact that you have these minor and major um, generations. Uh, major generation would have been the boomer generation, uh, and then a minor one would have been the silent generation. Um, then you have a, a major generation in the millennial generation, and then you have a minor generation in Generation X. And um, uh, I believe that means that the next, the next uh, major one would be Gen Y or Gen Z or something like that. I'm not, not really sure. Uh, uh, I guess if the millennials are there, then the next one would have been Gen Y. Um, uh, let's see here. Yeah, after that. So Gen, Gen Z, I guess, would be the next one. Um, and the idea there is that uh, the, most, the most productive and the, most, um, the highest earning part of uh, a major generation's life is when they're 35. So uh, you know, if 35 to 54 creates this 20-year stretch. Um, so you go back here post-World War II, uh, boomers are being born around uh, 1945, 1950. That means that they are uh, going to start um, hitting you know, hitting their uh, stride right around the 80s. <laughs> so that's that's where this is, right at the beginning of the 80s. And then boom, this nice big move for 20 years all the way until, uh, you know, until the uh, 2000s and we get this, you know, these big chops. This is a logarithmic chart, by the way. That's very important uh, because these moves down here are much smaller in range technically than these moves up at the top. It's just that the logarithmic scale kind of uh, squashes that at the top end and stretches it at the bottom end. Uh, and so this would imply that right here, uh, boomer or sorry, millennial generation, uh, born around that, that eighties, then you, you tack on about 30, 35 years and then boom, that's around, uh, 20, 
2014, 2015-ish, uh, where, where the millennial generation's hitting their 35s. And that should um, provide us this environment of secular bull, where yes, maybe there are 20 or 30% uh, pullbacks every now and then, but overall heading higher and uh, probably cresting somewhere around that 2034 range um, and, you know, kind of, kind of hanging out, right? So where, where would the next, uh, next one start? Well, we'd start, uh, you know, roughly, um, you know, with this, this generation being born here, uh, which is, I think is like Gen Z or something like that. Um, 35 years after that. So it would be the, around the year 2040. So, um, you know, uh, 2034 or 2050, uh, 2034 to, um, uh, 2050, I guess would be that sideways chop potential area, right? Where just things are going, things are going sideways and you have an entire generation, um, you know, it's kind of born here like this, this would be the generation gen X would be in here and they'd be witnessing the market crashing over and over and Gen X would have it in their head. Hey, I should just stay out of the market. It's a giant scam anyway, right? So they stay out <laughs> and then whoever, uh, whoever happens to start getting in on this move, their point of view of the market is like, wow, this is excellent. I just keep on making money, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's excellent for, for anyone, anyone on these, on these stretches. And it's absolutely horrible for anyone in these stretches, right? Uh, you know, so, so I, I feel, I feel like that, uh, back in the eighties, for instance, this was massive. This is 1987. This is that big, big dip, uh, down. I could imagine this happening. And then, uh, an entire generation, uh, who, who think back just like 15 years ago, back in this thing, thinking to themselves like, oh, this is just the beginning. You know, they're probably thinking this, this thing is going to lose a ton more value you know, it's only down 20%. Wait till it's down 50%, right? So, so they were probably thinking back here, like, oh yeah, this thing is heading all the way back down uh, to like a hundred or something, you know? <laughs> so it's gonna keep on falling. And of course it didn't. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's probably just a lot of uh, analysis calls on the way up saying like, this thing is gonna, is gonna be, it's gonna roll over. It's gonna be uh, the worst crash since the Great Depression yada 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 right and then yeah here we are now and uh sure enough this morning i know it's out there i know there's the alliance guy uh in fact i can just google it right uh, alliance guy alliance great depression look up some news let's see i know it was just there <laughs> yeah 59 hours ago <laughs> veteran analyst Here's the echoes of the 1929 crash in today's stock market. <laughs> I don't think we're there yet. I really don't think we're there yet. Uh, I remember some anecdotal uh, uh, stories. This is actually, hey, this is a great question. So we're coming into the, um, I know I said I was going to stop uh, stop here, but um, we're heading into the holiday season. It's going to be Thanksgiving soon. Uh, we're going to have uh, Christmas soon. We're going to. Uh, we're gonna see. We're gonna start seeing those the family members from from uh, around the way, and uh, I can still vividly remember um, the first time Bitcoin was coming up to like twenty thousand, having all these family members around Thanksgiving, around Christmas, saying like, "Should I get in? Should I get in on this Bitcoin thing?" <laughs> of course, you see, afterwards it just completely cratered. Um, 
one of the things about the 1929 crash because I'm reading a book right now called uh, called uh, Lords of Finance. It was, it, it's an excellent book about central bankers around this around the uh, First World War and into the 1929 crash era. And those bankers talking about how uh, you know at one point their shoeshine boys were were talking about hot stock tips and uh, and I think it was. Um, Pierpont Morgan or something, uh, uh, J.P. Morgan, um, recounting it and saying like, "Well, when the shoeshine boy knows just as much as I do about <laughs> the stock market, that's probably not a good sign. Probably, I should probably start taking my money out." <laughs> you know, I don't think we've gotten into that to that point yet. Um, I don't, I don't really think that that's happening yet. I, I think I'm gonna, uh, you know, go to Thanksgiving, and uh, and and Christmas, and I, I don't think I'm gonna be hounded by family members uh, with hot stock tips um, or hot trading tips or anything like that. <laughs> so maybe I don't think we're there quite yet, um, but I, I'd be curious to see if anyone else out there has had that similar um, similar thing happen to them. Uh, that's it, though. That's where I'm going to end things. Everyone, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining. Um, this is just our entertainment show, and uh, we're going to be back here on Friday. Um, I tried to get Jake Pelly on, uh, but he, he has uh, other, other family duties that he has to tend to. Um, I'm going to try again on Friday, and then uh, we'll have Aaron back here. It's a totally different feel to the show uh, whenever there are two, two hosts that can kind of just bounce, bounce conversational topics off of each other. Um, till then, see you Friday, and uh, have a great Thursday.